When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, it's Weird Islanders, the podcast back once again. My name is Dan. That is Mike. How are you tonight, Mike? I'm doing all right. Uh, another exciting episode uh, to go through here. I think the best way to, you know, we've we've done some some uh, interesting ones. We had the the, the failed prospect. Uh, mm. We had the guy who one one of the guys who didn't want to be here lately, <laughs> uh, and then this guy is. You know he's he's different from from a lot of players we've gone through. He's a a cult hero. Um, mm. Obviously, since he's on the show, he wasn't here very long, um, and he is a a player who I think has a very distinctive look about him. Just in and in, in his game is very distinctive. Every his name obviously is very unique. <laughs> so when when you when you see this guy he he could be you know wearing any jersey or whatever you'd be in a crowd of a million people you'd say oh look that's him yeah uh, oh yeah definitely it could be a um, hockey game of a million players and you'd be able to to pick this guy out uh, on the ice <laughs> of a million players because of the way he plays and looks and right. what he's doing so i'm i'm yeah. i'm happy to dig through this guy 
I think he's one of the few guys I would recognize out on the street, which is obviously one of your superpowers. You run into these Islanders all over the place in various <laughs> restaurants and whatnot all around the island. Uh, I, I think a lot of times I, I probably wouldn't recognize him, but this guy definitely would. And he's uh, I was thinking he's actually one of the rare subjects on this show that people probably would have wanted to keep around for a while. A lot of these guys were like, all right, man, see you later. You know, but this is a guy right. who was kind of one and done. And I think a lot of people um, would have liked for him to be around and, a little bit and- longer. Yeah, not just that. Like you, kind of. I kind of wish he was one of the guys, you know, like like an Aaron Asham type, whose whose game is similar, and, and these two actually fought. Um, mm. Like a guy who would make Long Island his home. He he kind of right. felt like he was heading in that direction. Mm. So even even if it was just this one year stint, like you'd be like, oh yeah, you know, he still lives, uh, you know, in Huntington, right. coaches his, his kids' <laughs> team, and and you see him at the deli, and he's right. You know, you know, a real estate agent or something. Right. Or, or perhaps raising rabbits out at the Long Island game. Yes. Park. But we're, yes. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring on our guest and, uh, and then get to our player. Uh, our guest uh, was a writer at Winging in a Motown uh, for the Red Wings blog for SB Nation for a long, long time. He's uh, one of the most uh, thoughtful and, and friendliest guys I know. And I did his podcast many years ago, and I'm glad that he was able to come on with us tonight. And his name is Peter Flynn. Pete, what's going on? Hi, uh, it's interesting as a walk down memory lane because uh, I was telling Dan that uh, I forgot about this. He was the first guest on <laughs> the For Sure podcast uh, that I did wow. with Jay. Um, and that was, yeah, I, I actually listened back to, um, mm. I listened back to the first episode. It was technically the second episode because like we did like mm. a short one. Um, mm. And Number one, the, the you know the interview was great because you know we had a lot of fun. But I was actually surprised. I thought it was going to be like terrible because you know, <laughs> you know, it's the first time kind of learning how to do stuff. It, right. it was fine. It was fine. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You're a natural. You're a natural. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> I I forget if I said this on the show itself, but I, if I didn't, then I definitely thinking i'm thinking about now if i knew i was the first guest on your podcast i would have it would have been much worse because i think i would have been much more nervous and oh my god this is the one this is this is how we want to set forth this guy's podcast i'm like this is way too much pressure for me our own (laughs) stupid podcast it doesn't really matter but uh somebody else's um well so before we get to our our player uh we have to discuss your background as a hockey fan because yes you you are red wings fan you wrote for the red wings blog but you started out as an Islanders fan. Uh, so tell us about that. And then what kind of, ma- I mean, I, I, I think we could all guess probably what made you switch over to a different team, but we'll get to what, what exactly uh, made you do that. Uh, but first, like, how'd you get started as an Islanders fan? Yeah, I, I actually, we were talking about this before and I, I'm trying to figure out the math. Um, <laughs> okay. So, okay. Yeah. So roughly I was an Islanders fan. So for, I want to say 23 years, like let's just make it 25. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, and I, you have to do you have to tack on ten exactly, yes, fans. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I, I probably get some kind of you know time served for good behavior, but um, <laughs> so basically, I grew up in Southern Connecticut and uh, in Milford, uh, which is uh, right next to Bridgeport, where the hmm. uh, Islanders farm team is, and um, actually, we had the New Haven Nighthawks. Uh, we actually, mm. I think we still had the Whalers um, when I was growing up, um, but my father was an Islanders fan. He got season tickets from the inaugural season and mm. he oh, went, wow. I think he had season, he had season tickets up until Don't the year it. they won the first no. cup because <laughs> he, he couldn't afford them, um, well, but he yeah. did go to a bunch of games um, okay. and 
I was technically conscious uh, when the Islanders scored, you know, when Nystrom scored the goal to win mm. the first Stanley Cup. Um, I was born in September 1979. Uh, so I know that was 80. Was it May? I'm mm, guessing. Yeah, May. Right around that. Yeah. I mean, it had to be. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was, I don't know what eight months old. Uh, mm. And my dad, you know, stood up and like screamed and I woke up and I was crying. <laughs> um, it, also the same thing for the, uh, you know, the miracle on ice. Uh, oh, wow. Same, same situation. I was technically conscious and in the room when the TV <laughs> was showing it, but I obviously don't remember any of it. Uh, and then, um, yeah. So because he was an Islander fan, I became an Islander fan. That's very cool. Yeah to keep it in the family for those who don't know uh pete's brother is our very own north dakota red eagle travis yeah so uh it's all kinds of runs in the family <laughs> yes yeah he is uh he is amazing uh, <laughs> i mean he's a good person uh which mm. is obviously the most important thing um but he is a uh you know he, he's tremendously smart yes agreed <laughs> <laughs> so so uh so you were an Islanders fan for 20 plus years, 23, 25, whatever it was. You saw lots of ups and downs. Now, if you were that young during the dynasty era, we can imagine the era in which you grew up in. Much similar to me. I mean, I was born in 76. So, yeah, I was mm. alive when they won that first cup, but not really conscious of it. <laughs> but I was very conscious of the later years uh, <laughs> when they were very far from the cup years. And, and this is what we were talking about. This is Mike's era. It's even worse, really, when you think about it. But uh, so, I mean, at, at what point did you like, what was your sort of breaking point when you were like, I can't do it with this team anymore. I need to find another team. And and before you get into it, I just want to say, like, there is no judgment here. And I bet there are a lot of people listening to this who are like, you know, I probably should have done that. That was the smart move. I probably would have saved myself a lot of headaches and heartache. We talked about point. it uh, on, on, a, on right. a recent Islanders anxiety episode about, yeah. you know, what, what, what will we be doing? <laughs> if right. we weren't watching the Islanders losing the shootout to the Dallas Stars on a Tuesday night, <laughs> cold right. Tuesday night in January, right? But oh so, God. was there like one thing that was just like, "This is I can't do it anymore." Like, I can't deal with this. I mean, it was it was a lot of things. Um, yeah, it was. It, it it was. I mean, the, the way I described it in the past was it was like the Charlie Brown thing, right? Where <laughs> every year it was like, no, this year they're going to yeah. actually act like an NHL team. Like this year, the owner's not going to talk about getting a sumo wrestler and putting it in goal. And you're really <laughs> not sure if he's serious or not. Right. Um, you yeah, know, this is, it's, this is a year that the, maybe one, none of our owners go to jail. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, or, uh, you know, like they're not going to, uh, I mean, basically I, I mean, it turns out I could have bought the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I probably had more money than John Spano. I could have bought him. Um, missed opportunity, you know, mm. like maybe I could have done a good job and they would have just like, let me stay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would have, you know, you know, like if, if it was like today, like honestly, like Elon Musk would probably give me the money if I managed to catch <laughs> right. him on the right day and just compliment him hey, enough. Hey, John Spano ex extended their uh, agreement with Cablevision, yeah. which was the only thing that made them any money for I saw like someone 30 years. So. <laughs> with a, a John Spano jersey. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Walking, no. oh like God. not even in UBS yet. Like when I went to the Capitals Islanders game the other night, oh, wow. uh, they were walking down the, 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 the streets towards uh, Hempstead Turnpike with a John Spano um the Islanders classic logo, like wave jersey, yeah. white oh white God. jersey with a, a 96 Spano. Yeah, that, um, that's kind of funny. 
Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it was something that like, I was kind of like, like I took a real deep breath and like stopped and was like, I got to figure out how I feel about this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> should we pay homage to this guy? He was, mm. You know, he was that... by definition a criminal, but like at the right. same time, he's our criminal. Like <laughs> that so, is uh, commitment to the bit. And, yeah, yeah but, that. by the time, by the time I had this moral dilemma, the guy was gone. So I didn't have a right. chance to, to talk. <laughs> Maybe I'll see him again. Um, well, it's unique. We'll give him that, you know, yes. <laughs> so yeah. anybody can buy a Matt Barzell Jersey, right? Like this guy. Yeah. yeah. This one. So it was a, it was a bunch around. of that stuff, you know, it was like all the stuff just, you know, it's building up and building up and building up. Um, and then I think the big thing is because, you know, I, I lived in, you know, I lived in Connecticut. I lived in New Jersey. Um, and so, you know, going to Nassau Coliseum was either two or three yeah. hour, you know, each yeah. way. Um, and obviously, you know, about traffic going back. Uh, yeah. But. I remember it was one year, like I used to try if, if possible to go to the home opener and I went to one home opener and it was just like, it was like, they didn't care. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, I mean, I could take them sucking if they're trying, but it's like, it's a home opener and right. it was just awful. And yeah. I was just like, I, I think, I, I, I think I'm done. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, that's why I, I watch like maybe, you know, parts of four jets games over the course of a season. Cause I'm just like, dude, I can't, I can't take it. If you're not even going to try, it's ridiculous. But, but fortunately the jets always start out trying and then they just, by the end of the season, they don't care anymore. Yeah. But, I, uh, so, yeah. I don't really follow football, but I've learned how to be a giants fan. Basically yeah. <laughs> I don't care until the playoffs because most yeah. of the time they're going to win the super bowl. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's the way it works. They, they get there and then they're good to go. Um, so what made you pick the Red Wings, though? Like, I mean, obviously, there was there was probably the most stable franchise in the league. So you couldn't <laughs> have found one more opposite of the Islanders, right? Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my dad, uh, you know, my dad really admired them. He really liked them. Um, you know, when you were an Islander fan at that time, you needed to have a playoff team. Um, or else, you know, your life gets very boring after the regular season because <laughs> you have nobody to root for. So, um, yes. you know, like, like they, you know, they, they were an exciting team. They had a lot of history. Um, they were competently run. I mean, they actually, they're very well run. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know, I mean, some of those teams, Jesus, the, uh, right. You know, that team that had like Shanahan and Brett Hall and, you know, like, I mean, that was just, I mean, you know, how could yeah. you not enjoy watching that? Right. Um, oh, definitely. Although, when I switched over, that is when the playoff streak ended. <laughs> so, oops, I have really good timing. I'm the jinx. It's me. Yeah, that's you. Oof. Well, I, I was going to say I, I blame the guy in the Spano jersey for that. <laughs> blue the other day. Yeah, yeah. Take the blame off of me. That's great. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. <laughs> but uh, no, it's funny. I have a friend of mine at work uh, who grew up also in Connecticut. Was a Whalers fan though, and when they moved to Carolina, he was like, nope. Not doing it, and he just he picked the Red Wings too because oh really okay really, really cool good. yeah so so well again uh, there are a lot of people listening to this that are like yeah that that was the smartest move you, you could have made for sure there's <laughs> a lot of dark dark times to come on and this player who we're gonna get to now was uh, one of the one of the players during that time period uh, but he gave the Islanders uh, I mean again he was only here for one year but he gave the Islanders a, a lot and uh, you know really kind of tried to make uh, you know, he brought a lot of pride to the Islanders in one year, which is more than you can say for some guys who played here for years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, without any more 
ado and introduction, Peter Flynn, will you please reveal the subject of tonight's episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast? I will. Tonight's episode uh, features a an undrafted center uh, who was signed by the Mighty Ducks in 2004. Uh, he played 346 career NHL games. He had a whopping .03 goals per game. He scored 12 goals in his entire career, but he made up for that with an average of three penalty minutes per game. He was on the 2010-2011 New York Islanders team. I thought that he should have been the captain the following season. Instead, they did not sign him. We are talking, of course, about Zenin Kanapka. What a legend. And and a legendary intro. Yeah. (laughs) he he i think dan what you said is right like he we heard so much about um you know restoring the pride to the franchise mm-hmm. and, and i think it, it kind of became uh a cliche almost with the, the that early 2000s teams like, like you know the osgood yash and pekka team and uh but those guys it was easy to restore the pride when you're good like you can, yeah. you can just say look we're we're, right. we're 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 restoring the pride by winning just like those guys won the pride <laughs> that we're you know restoring yeah. the guys that we're trying to restore um and uh and then obviously things got dark and you were waiting for someone else to kind of pick that up and we we went through those mercenary teams we talk about them all the time you know we mm. we talked about in the Brent Sopel and like the Chris Simon era and mm. and those guys were so many of them were just here to stop gaps and and we love them obviously a lot of them and uh and then this you know this team with with Kanapka like he, I think, Peter, what you're saying about him being, he kind of was the de facto captain, actually. Mm. Like, when you kind of think about it, he that, that team was terrible. Um, and they had Doug and, Waite. And their captain who, was injured. Right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, exactly. So, like, he, Waite played, you know, what, like 15 mm. games that season? And yeah. um, they kind of just needed somebody to, to, to show the early kind of that Eris core the uh uh Tavares mm. Molson you know even you can put like you know Parento and and obviously Nielsen Bailey who's mm. Nielsen it's great that Josh Bailey played with Trent Hunter he played with Zena Kanaka <laughs> and he's played with Atu Ratu uh but uh he uh yeah but like like they needed somebody to kind of just like fill that void and and what I liked about Kanapka and was that he embraced the you know the, it's I'm not even trying to be, you know, cheeky here, but he embraced the weird Islanders. Like he embraced the weird part of it. Mm. And he's like, look, like we just need to lean into being outcasts and weird. And, um, he, the, I think one of the things he had was a true stroke of genius that he came up with, which was changing the whole song to live his life. by Opus. Like, definitely. That was honestly a landmark moment for me and my fandom. I'm not (laughs) kidding. Like I'm not, not talking, you know, out of my ass here. Like this, (laughs) Because, because they, I, we, we know why that they got rid of Rock and Roll Part Two, mm. um, and but that was it was an incredible goal song, mm. and then they went into like you know kind of like that weird Islanders song that they wrote themselves, and mm. you're like this is terrible. They don't score enough anyway, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, here comes Zen and Kanafka with Live Is Life.
and I think yeah. that that truly was like a huge moment. That's some, the fact that we're talking, like we're talking about it tells you that's 13 years ago. Mm. Um, and what it did was it kind of showed like, no, you should be happy to stand out and, and be a little different from, from the other 30 or 29 teams at the time or whatever it was. Um, mm. And, and we all kind of followed him. We're like, yeah, this guy's great. Like he's, he gets it. Um, and the Islanders, I think really made a mistake by not sticking with that song. Yeah, definitely. Well, and not sticking with Kanapka too, but we'll, Kanapka, we'll get to right. that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in, in a little bit. Um, but Pete, what, so what made you, I mean, obviously you have very strong feelings about Kanapka from that one year. Um, but what made you feel, uh, that he should have been the captain that year? Uh, you know, sort of take us through your, your connection to Zenon, uh, from that one year. Yeah. I mean, I, looking back at some of the news articles and things like that for, uh, you know, to prep for this episode, um, you know, it, it, it helped me to remember some of these things. Cause, uh, <laughs> uh, w- one thing about me that I actually learned last year, I think it was last year, two years ago. Um, and it, it explained a lot, uh, about my memory is that I have something called aphantasia, so I cannot, hmm visualize like i have no i have no inner like vision i have no like mind's eye like i can't Hmm. picture anything in my head and so one of the kind of side effects of that is like autobiographical memory and like visual memory but my auditory memory is amazing but Hmm. uh so like you know like when i would talk to like prashanth right and he'd be like Hmm oh, you know, hey, you know, when the Red Wings and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't remember that, you know? And so <laughs> uh, my memories are like so scattered. But the like the the one thing I do remember is like, I can't, again, I can't picture it, but like I remember this, um, is the, um, you know, the Pittsburgh game, the 9-3, mm-hmm. I think it was 9-3, uh, you know, the brawl, fight night, whatever they're calling it. it was, yeah. Um, and I remember because I think it was it was Max Talbot, right? He was like, he was the one that he was the guy they yeah. were going after, right? Yeah, yeah. he should have right. been arrested for the, uh, the, the <laughs> right the hit on Como. Yes, right. Yeah. So and then yeah, he was game like, before, yeah, he hit Blake yeah. Como. They and that was also the Brent Johnson, Brent Johnson one yeah. punching Rick well, DiPietro yes. game, which he so, shouldn't have been. Right. A, Johnson shouldn't have been arrested. That we all kind of <laughs> Rick. Rick was Rick is the poster child for someone who had not yet been hit in the face that needed to be hit in the face, and Brent Johnson <laughs> did it, but. But Max Talbot needed to be arrested. Yeah, definitely. And like, obviously, you know, the Islanders and and Penguins played each other a million times a year. So it was this this building pressure cooker that led to that 9-3 game on February 11th, 2011. But continue. (laughs) But I now this will be interesting to see if I'm misremembering. But I like (laughs) one thing I remember as part of that game is there was a moment. I don't remember like how far into it, because obviously there was like three or four like big 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 things um i remember like i think it was talbot i think somehow like kanapka got him and he was like on top of him and like mm. he could have he could have just like cranked him in the face like over and over again but instead he kind of just held him down and like yelled at him um <laughs> now it's going to be interesting to see if i'm wrong because I, I i could be conflating it with something else because i remember the toronto series um, when the Islanders finally got back to the playoffs and like, you know, they, they had that good right. series with Toronto. Um, yeah. The Eric Cairns like, play. Yeah. We, we were literally just talking about that. Another episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. He was like punching the guy and then he fell on top of him as he was punching. Yeah. I mean, like I, that, that was incredible, but I'm pretty sure Kanapka had like Talbot on the ground and was like yelling at him. Um, mm. 
And, you know, it's just kind of like leading up to it. It was kind of, it was like what you were talking about this idea. Um, and obviously as fans, you know, like that's one thing that you always have to try to, to keep in mind is that as a fan, you know, we are, we are looking at everything through our you know, team colored glasses. Um, and no matter how objective we try to be, I think it's impossible to be truly objective. And so like, you know, the, the, the way we're looking at things is, is colored, but I do think even, you know, trying to be as objective as possible, that the idea that they were being, you know, kind of like the laughing stock of the league and like the penguins, especially were like completely disrespecting them. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that there was a lot of basis in fact for that. I don't think it was overreaction. I do think that that was there. Um, and as a fan, I was like, this sucks. Like, like, this is an awful feeling. Um, you know, like kind of like you're watching that, you know, you're watching the game, like, you know, when one of your guys gets nailed, uh, and you know, like a cheap shot and you just have like that, you know, that rage that like adrenaline where you like, you know, you just want to run through a wall. And mm. I just remember like, you know, feeling like that over and over and over again. And I was like, finally, finally, they're going to stand up for themselves, you know? And he <laughs> was like the leader of that. And that is why. I mean, that is, that's simply why for me, he was the heart of that team. Hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cause there were a lot of guys who came through in this era who just did not <laughs> to subscribe to that ethos. They'd be like, yeah, no, they're, be- they're beating the shit out of us because we're the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like I, I'm a multimillionaire. I've, I've, I've been, this is my last stop. I'm hopefully I'm being traded in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to worry about standing up for, you know, Ty Wishart or, or John Sim over there. I'm just going to, you know, let them handle it themselves. And, and uh, yeah. yeah. And then, and, and like I was saying in the beginning, I think that's, that's why Kanavka, I think to this day has such an emotional tie to the fan base because mm-hmm. he, I think you're right. Like he kind of was the one who, who kind of dragged the Islanders back into the fight. And I remember the, um, you know, the, the, the kind of, yeah, like we were saying, like the weeks leading up to that fight night, night, you know, the Islanders were leading the league in, in, goons dressed per 60 if you want to consider Kanopka one um which i think he, he was kind of borderline you know mm. where they had you know gillies and uh michael haley and uh but Kanopka like kind of was like almost like a like the 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 middleman between those guy, kind of guys and the the rest of the team where he's like you know like yeah we'll handle this but we won't step here's how we here's how you're supposed to take care of it obviously gillies didn't listen um (laughs) (laughs) much i think uh but like because i think when 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 the time when the time came to push back and i think that that was that moment was those that game was brewing for so long um to have someone like kanapka on the team and to have someone like gillies on the team and uh um and and haley uh it it really did. I think it 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 was a pretty important turning point in uh, the Islanders' kind of trajectory, and kind of like the goal song. Like this is this it 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 kind of breathed new life into a layer. Like the the, the Islanders have so many layers, and and this is one that like you know kind of laid a little bit of a foundation. Obviously, kicking the crap out of the Penguins in a one game when the season's over in March isn't a huge deal, but like it did right. la- add like kind of like a, a little layer for them to kind of build on um, kind yeah. of like the goal song was cultural. This one was more of uh, just like the team wide, like it, we, we can't just be embarrassed because we're on the Islanders. Like 
We can't right. be embarrassed that you there's three thousand people in the building and they're yeah. gonna be, you know, trying they try to move us all the time and nobody talks about us. Like we're still a professional <laughs> hockey team. Like let's right. let's push back and, and I think well, Kanopka really was a huge part of that. And um yeah, man, it is a shame yeah. he only played one year. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny you mentioned that because that leads me to, so, you know, you, your guys kind of connection him for Micah was the goal song changing for Pete. It was depth right night, you know, changing his, his perception and wanting them to stand up for themselves and him leading that for me, it's a similar thing, but it happened uh, off camera. It didn't happen. We didn't see it happen. It was reported later, but they were in Ottawa. The Islanders were for a game against the Senators, who I guess might have been good that year. And uh, earlier that day, the players are apparently sitting around having coffee, and they got TSN on, and one of the guys, the talking heads, called the Islanders a doormat. And so Zenon didn't like that. The Islanders in general didn't like that. And so while they're at the the skate around in the morning, they see a bunch of TSN guys there, and Zenon just yells at them, we're not a doormat anymore. Stop calling us a doormat. <laughs> and like, you know, they, and then whoever was, I guess it was Arthur Staple or whoever was covering it at the time, talked to him about it. And he was like, you know, he, he wasn't like angry about it. He was kind of good naturedly kind of getting at them, but you know, he wanted to say, you know, we, we have a good group here. Guys like Tavares, Como, Bailey, we're all working hard and playing well. Let's talk about us being a little underrated instead of being a doormat. This to me was my, make this guy the captain moment. Like, I just love this guy from this moment on. And it was late in the season. I just love, to me, this was something that, I mean, you talk about wanting to stand up to the Penguins, you know, wanting to kind of put their own stamp on it and, and be unique. This to me was everything. Like, yeah. this guy is saying what I wish somebody, which I wish I could say to some, nobody would listen to me, obviously, but like, <laughs> he's telling the media, you guys are calling, stop calling us doormats. <laughs> like, give us a little bit of respect, please. Like we're all humans here. We're trying to work as hard as we can. And so that, that was my moment. My Zen and moment, I, I guess I suppose. Was like, if, oh, if, man, if that's you, awesome. if you Twitter search Kanapka doormat, there's a tweet from <laughs> Katie Strang kind of recounting the story. And it's just, Oh like, yeah. That's, not a, she was, yeah, yeah she, oh, covered, yeah, she was covering the team. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she said, she said, Zen and Kanapka just yelled up at a TSN correspondent in the stands. <laughs> we're not a doormat, doormat anymore. Stop calling us a doormat. And then another tweet down the line, Zena, Zena Kanapka says, I don't even have a doormat, doormat at my house. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I totally forgot that she started as like yeah. the beat writer. Katie's like such a good person. I um, We, we got to get her on this show. I bet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I still have her. I think I still have like her contact information. We right. we had her on for sure twice. And she's oh, amazing. Cool. She's like, yeah. as, she's as nice as you would want. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of funny, like, like doing that show, you know, there were, you know, obviously we had, you know, we tried to have like a mix of, you know, SB nation people and, you know, people that didn't really have a big platform, but we thought we were really good. Um, and then, you know, we would try to get, you know, uh, you know, we had like Craig Custance on, you know, uh, one time we got to, we had Ken Daniels on, that was awesome, you know? And so it's Dan Carcillo we had one time. And oh, wow. it's funny because as as you do that, like you start to like build up, you know, like my phone, like I have these people's cell numbers now. I'm not going to call them or text them or anything. Um, <laughs> but it's just so weird to kind of like be like, oh, I got to right. clean out my con. Oh, Dan Carcillo. I wonder what he's saying. <laughs> <you know>. uh, <laughs> but it's it Katie- actually funny that he yeah. fought. Uh, Zen and Kanopka. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Katie's actually one of the few. She, she's one of the people that after 
um after we had her on like uh i mean i'm not gonna say like we're buddies or anything but you know like like you know like, we were talking about mutual interests like we both like to cook um and so you know she, she sent me like uh, like a recipe and stuff um but yeah she's awesome she's amazing um yeah that's cool that's right i forgot she was uh she was the one covering that yeah. but uh so yeah so i mean for all these reasons and more people really loved zenin and, and kind of went to him but in looking back at this again i don't have any so he like you mentioned before he was undrafted uh played for the ottawa 67s uh he grew up he was canadian uh his parents are from poland and uh he, he uh, had a, a pretty good junior career but he, he was undrafted he signed with the ducks Played for a long time there um, for a bunch of years, but you know it was like cups of coffee. Like he didn't really have like kind of a long his his most games played for any of his franchises was the eighty two he played for the Islanders, which tells you how many times this guy moved around and oh, yeah. how many teams he played for. Um, he was traded by the Ducks with a seventh round pick to and Curtis Glencross. This is a name you haven't heard for a long time. <laughs> uh, to Columbus for a, a fourth round pick, Mark Hardigan and Joe Motzko, two other guys. Um, and that, you know, he finished out the season with the Blue Jackets and then began sort of the tour. He signed with Tampa Bay in 2008, signed with the Islanders in 2010. He would eventually leave, signed with Ottawa, signed with Minnesota. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys that we talk about in the show, I, I kind of remember before they became Islanders, or obviously after, Zenon, for whatever reason, I have no recollection of whatsoever. <laughs> I cannot picture him wearing any of these other jerseys before playing for the Islanders. And that's really weird for me. I don't know why that is. Did you have any, like, did you know of Zenon before he became an Islander? Or was it the same for you, Pete? Like, he just sort of, like, showed up and was like, oh, here's this guy now who's all of a sudden one of my favorites. <laughs> I I did not know he existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm looking at I'm looking at the sheet, like you were just talking about with the trades, like, um Mark Hardigan and Joe Musk. I'm, I'm, I think those are made up names. Um, <laughs> like, like, I mean, th- those are like, uh, those are the names of like the person that plays left wing for Sidney Crosby and scores like 85 goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea who he was when he came to the team. He, I, I remember him on Tampa because I remember he wore those kind of, um, it, they were they weren't exactly their black and white jerseys that when they won the cup in and then okay. they did that kind of rebrand where they had the oh it, like they were kind of like slowly walking towards where they are now um it was right. uh those they were black white and blue they had the numbers in the front and the back it was the ones that Dwayne Rose oh, right. ended up wearing when he got traded yeah, there yeah the block numbers right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah um um so i remember uh i remember him in that jersey and i i remember him being because i think the, when the islanders played him when he was on tampa i want to remember i want to say that he, he i mean he was because I, I know i know he was like this with the islanders he was a big time uh warm-up you know rabble rouser yeah. <laughs> like he, he basically spent his entire warm-up uh you know at the red line talking right uh, you know, yeah. yeah exactly talking crap and <laughs> you know trying to get under someone's skin and and all that and mm. uh I was just, it, it was just fun to watch during that. Cause he, I don't think he wore a helmet. Um, and he just <laughs> kind of just stayed at the, the red line. And, um, yeah, but I remember him on those, those, that lightning team with like Johan Holmquist and goal or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, wow. he, I, well, Holmquist, I remember he had those cool, cool design on his pads. That's why I remember uh, him as a, as a goalie. Uh, but, um, yeah, I remember that, but then, and, but, and I, I, I will say this though, when the Islanders got Kanapka, you know, I can remember where I was. I remember where I was when the Islanders 
signed Dwayne Rollison. I was working um, behind the deli counter at Associated Supermarket, um, <laughs> and I needed to take a break because the Islanders just got Dwayne Rollison. So I got to sort through this, and I need to, I need to take fifteen. I need to smoke my version of a cigarette. Um, <laughs> and uh, I like I can remember where I was. You know, obviously the Letty and Boy Chuck ones, and mm. uh, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I do not this is concerning for someone like me. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember yeah. how I felt when they signed Kanak at all. Like I was I like, I, you know, didn't I don't feel know anything. where, I, yeah, I don't know where <laughs> I was or anything, but then when he showed up um, right. and started to, to do what he does and, and he, like mm. I keep saying like he was perfect for this team at that time because he, not only did he stand up for, for these young guys like, uh, you know, Nielsen and Bailey and uh, right. whoever else. Uh, but he also was, you know, kind of a, he had like some kind of cow clutterbuck in him where he he's not the you know he's not a skilled player at all uh he didn't score much mm-hmm. but he just had a, a you know he's a good he's on a pk this guy he, he obviously Clark, clutterbuck doesn't take base offs, but he was just good with the details i feel like and yeah would win and you can just kind of send him out if if, if you right. need to kill off a penalty win a face off whatever um so yeah i don't remember much that and then and i think that i remember them talking about trading him at the deadline because he was a you know, going to be a free agent and mm-hmm. what they could get for them. And I, th- I, I guess it was Katie Strang, but I remember reading in Newsday that like, you know, the Islanders could maybe get like a six round pick for Kanopka. And I was like, <laughs> no, we, can't, you know, like, let's not do that. Like if, if that's mm. it, like we got to just hold on to this guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. And, and so going from having like literally no emotion when they got him uh, to being very attached to him, uh, mm really tells you that like this guy was a one-way trajectory uh for the islanders like in in, an island his he went right to our hearts and he did not (laughs) score much like you can either score your way to our hearts or you can work your way to our hearts and uh he he went the latter yeah definitely um and that that actually gets to his other thing so we'll get we'll talk about the fights in a second and we have some video of it obviously you're not going to find any video of his goals on youtube or anything it's only going to be fights but um the other funny thing i found about i thought about kanapka was okay he was known for being a fighter but he was also one of the league's best face-off guys which was just mind-blowing to me like this guy who's known mainly for punching people well first of all he he chirps them before the game and then he then he fights them later on somehow was like he's by far the best face-off guy the islanders have and is one of the best guys in the league that's actually such a weird kind of uh, combination of skills. And I wonder if Garth Snow kind of thought about that when he signed and probably did. But um, I mean, Pete, was that, w- was his, his skills within the game something that you gravitated to? Or was it mainly just like the fighting stuff? Like, were you ever conscious of the, like other stuff he did doing? Because he did kill penalties and, and other stuff like that too. He was, he was okay as a player and, 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 to- and on top of being a pretty good fighter. Well, actually, we'll get to that in a little bit, in a minute. But, uh, you know, like, did anything stand out to you about him as a player uh, other than the fighting? It's okay if the answer is no. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, all I like when I think back to to him, like hearing the idea, you know, hearing that he was that good at faceoffs. Because while you were talking, mm. I pulled it up. So he's like fifty seven point eight percent that yeah. year. Um, <laughs> and you know, second on the team, if you're looking at you know people that had a lot of faceoffs, was Tavares with. 52 and a half, you know, so he's five percentage points ahead of Tavares. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the only one that was close was uh, Jesse Yoensu, who took a total of nine wow. face offs. So, I mean, we can't <sighs> really count that. 
but yeah, um, I mean, I, you could have, you could have asked me what stat did he lead the team in and given me 10 guesses. And I don't think I would have gotten it. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. Like I, 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 all I remember is all I remember is like basically him being like, it's going to sound corny, but like him being the leader that the team needed and didn't mm-hmm. have. Um, because I think you were saying like Doug Waite, because Doug Waite was the captain, right? But he was hurt. Yeah. Yes, he played yeah, 18 he, games he, that year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he, he was uh, not around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm looking at the roster because, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I remember this, but, um, you know, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, you got Molson, you know, Molson was 27. Uh, but, you know, I mean, none of the other players like really jump out. I mean, maybe like Wisniewski. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Wisniewski definitely he stands out for a lot of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another, I mean, it, guy, another guy who didn't want to be a doormat. Yeah. Right. It's funny, like looking at this team, like, oh, my God. Um, you know, Nielsen was, you know, like, I mean, Nielsen was never like a like a. He was never like a, um, I don't know what you call it. Like he was kind of like the quiet leader, you know, lead by example. Yes. Um, he was never like the yeah, he loud. Was, he was a saint. He was like the, the yeah, saint, right. you know, like, oh, like yeah. look at him, you know, feeding yeah. the hungry and yeah. and doing all this stuff. Maybe, uh, maybe my favorite player of all time. Um, hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the best player of all time, but my favorite hey, player. He's up there. Time. I oh, loved yeah. him. I loved him so much. Um, and it was great to have him on the Red Wings. Although, unfortunately, he, yeah. uh, he declined pretty pretty quickly and i mean we don't know this for sure but like jj and i um had a theory that like the last two years he basically took a bunch of hits to the head because you could kind of see he wasn't the same player and like we were just like i really hope he retires before you know he gets really hurt and it's going to affect his you know his life you know um it it, kind of sucked especially because you know there were some red wings fans that kind of turned on him uh because of the mainly because of the contract you know right if the contract was shorter i don't think that would have happened uh because people really liked him when you know when he got there um but yeah i I mean i i uh i don't really remember much about him other than that yeah yeah uh but yeah i just again i always thought that was kind of crazy that he was so good at face-offs and also fighting and let's get to the fight so we have a bunch here i I guess that the the most interesting one um, he did fight Dan Carcillo three times in, uh, I think in the same game, maybe twice in the same game. He fought Aaron Asham, uh, got his Jersey pulled over his face, but I think one, and, and I, I came to this one from Dom's, uh, report card on Zenon that ran at lighthouse hockey, you know, towards the end of the season, uh, was a fight with Chris Stewart of the avalanche. Now the Islanders and avalanche, as far as I know, didn't have any prior beef, but apparently Stewart and Kanopka did. And so they fought. Right off the opening face-off, everybody's favorite hockey play. Five seconds into the game, these guys are fighting. And this fight, I'm telling you right now, warning ahead of time, goes on forever. Oh, yeah. And like, even to the point where, like, the Avalanche guy is like, all right, well, they really let him go here, which is a very nice way of saying, all right, let's, let's, get, let's move this on. Enough already. <laughs> but I mean, the just went on forever. Is, like, I don't dancing know. with the stars. They're like... Yeah. Twirling. Like, like, yeah, like yeah, there's just circling. Yeah. Yeah, they're spinning. <laughs> like every once in a while somebody'll get a hit in, but it's contest between the Avalanche and the Oilers. The Avalanche have not won in this building since 1998. Here we go, Michael. And we got a fight right at the start. The puck is dropped and Stewart 
is set to go and they were talking to each other before the start of the game. Kanapka for the New York Islanders. Then in Kanapka and Chris Stewart dropping the glove five seconds after the start of the game. Kanapka with a right hand and Stewart backing up. He delivers a right himself. And then a left by Stewart. Kanapka comes over the roundhouse right and they keep twirling around and then an elbow pad goes flying. This fight continuing on between Stewart and Kanapka. Then in Kanapka, Chris Stewart. Now Stewart really starting to pound and land some punches right for the New York bench. And the linesman, the referees, letting this go a long time. Kanapka and Stewart, who during the pregame warm-up, were drawn at each other. And it took just five seconds uh, for the gloves to get dropped. And this long fight, both seem to be getting a little arm-weary at this point. And the linesmen are creeping their way in. And Stewart and Kanapka both landed some punches. Stewart had a nice flurry during that fight as well. Yeah, as far as fights go, it was definitely very long. And I don't know if it really settled whatever beef they had. But uh, it was, you know, the kind of thing that this guy was known for. Both of these guys were known for. The Avalanche obviously were not, you know, what they were at one point. And so uh, these kinds of things did happen. Um, but he had, and I, I'll put his uh, his hockey fights page up on the, the article for this. But boy, he he just... His October, and I kind of, now that I'm looking at this, I feel like I remember this too. He just shot out of the gate fighting everybody. He fought Prust. He fought Stewart. That was like, you know, the second fight of the year. He fought Mike Brown of Toronto. He fought Travis Moan uh, at Montreal. He fought Carcillo again, twice in the same game. Then, you know, that was, that's just October. And then he's going from there. It's crazy. Um, where he just he just kept on fighting and kept on going and and so and what's also funny is that I'm looking at that that February date against the Penguins he actually didn't have any fights in that game uh, he left without a I mean he didn't have any fighting majors I should say God knows he threw his fist a bunch but um, uh, he also was not the winner if you look at the uh, the votes here on hockeyfights.com <laughs> seemed to have lost his fair share of fights too which just you know gets to you know he just kept on going. Um, is there, I mean, we, I sent you a couple of links. Is, is there one fight that sticks out in particular or something uh, about any of these fights that you kind of find funny or endearing or anything? <laughs> or are they just kind of, because to me, they all kind of blend in all together. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, again, for me, it was the, it was the Pittsburgh game. Like, that's all I really remember. I'm actually, while we're talking, I have YouTube on mute. Um, <laughs> I'm like going through to try to see if I can find that thing I was talking about before. Um mm. Cause like, I, I, I remember it happening, but like I said, like I can't visualize stuff in my head. So like, mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm misremembering. Like, I mean, I remember, I remember the Gillies play because mm. I remember thinking that he should be suspended for like the rest of the season <laughs> and like probably the following. Cause I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think he was like some horrible person, but like that was mm. really over the line. It was pretty like, bad. That was, yeah. that was Bush league. That was kind of like yeah. Chris Simon stepping on the guy, you know, or yeah. uh, <laughs> slashing who's a whole wig in the yeah. face. I mean, it was something like, you know, it's, yeah. it, that was bad. Yeah. It was, um, it, it got, it got, it got uh, awkward. Um, yeah. Because like you're you're watching, you're like everyone's having a great time. Well, yeah, they're, they're pummeling oh, I think these I guys, got it. and and then he's standing <laughs> in the doorway, like screaming at at uh uh. I was right. Tank Grady, Eric Tank Grady, right? I was right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the Gillies one, yeah, cause, yeah. Cause, and that's um, like, that's yeah. a, I think that's the difference between that's I guess what I was trying to articulate with Kanapka and Gillies. Like you you, yeah. you can't ever see Zen and Kanapka do that because like I think he was somebody who who like knew 
yeah. kind of where the line was and would never dare cross mm. it. And yeah. Uh, then you had Trevor Gillies who, uh, yeah. uh, he crossed it. Yeah. <laughs> the most important piece of information is that I was right. Um, I, I found it. I found the, mm. yeah. So basically what happened was, um, this was, the score was eight to three. So there's, there's only four minutes left in the game. This is after Gillies. This is after Michael Haley fought the goalie. Um, mm. like this is like the end. And so like, there's this big scrum up against the, uh, the glass and Kanopka finds Max Talbot and like pulls him out. Um, and like spins him around. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. He spins around. Like he could hit him. He throws him to the ground. He gets like one shot in and like, he had like uh Talbot's on the ground facing up Kanapka. Like, this is why I remember Kanapka has his legs to the side. So he's like an a, right. Mm. He's like the, you know, like uh or like a upside down V his legs are like to the side over him, pinning him down. And he is just like yelling at him. He's basically, wow. you know, I, I don't know if he's yelling or talking to him, but like he could <laughs> have like pummeled him in the face, but he didn't. Um, yeah. Oposo takes a shot of Latang. Now those two exchange blows. Stahl steps in between the two of them. Now remember, it was Oposo. Now Kanopka in the way. He's going to grab somebody. Now Latang and Oposo. And remember, Oposo went over the goaltender, Brent Johnson. And here we go. Now they're going at Talbot again. I'm not sure who it is that's got Talbot. Kanopka. This is. Trust Kanopka as far as I can throw him. He's got a hold of that jersey. And he comes at him again when he gets up. And it ties in what you were saying. Like, you know, he, you know, the whole point of this was like, you know, Talbot really wronged our team. We want to get retribution, and this is it. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. So yes, I was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only yeah, reason yeah, it's yeah. important is because I can sleep tonight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got to send me that link so I can in- include it and and uh, make sure everybody sees it. But uh, but yeah, you know, he was. Um, I I think you know, obviously, fighters in the NHL kind of get uh, kind of pigeonholed into you know being this is all they can do. But you know, as we joke about on Islander anxiety all the time, like these guys are still better at hockey than. 99.99% of the universe, right? <laughs> they're, they're still, I mean, Ross Johnston is the Islanders, uh, you know, he plays a handful of games every year and he's, you know, arguably the least talented guy in the roster, but he's still way better than hockey and just about anybody, any of us knows. Uh, and, you know, Kanopka seemed like he, he was a pretty smart guy and, and had, you know, a lot of, again, shades to him that extend beyond just using his fists while during a hockey game. And so, uh, anybody that remembers his time with the Islanders will remember his his pet rabbit Hoppy, who mm-hmm. uh, came into play in a lot of uh, stories and stuff like that. It was kind of part of his charm. He liked to call everybody his cousin. As my cousin, my cousin, everybody was was cousins. And then uh, after he left the Islanders, uh, or maybe it was before uh, he was uh, he um he had a wine business, which I thought was pretty interesting too. Yeah, uh, God. Uh, <laughs> like I, I, who who expects these guys to get into wine? Right? It was it's, like because it, it was like oh, not just a wine. It was like it was like wine energy, like an energy. Hmm. It was like like a healthy wine or something. And I remember that <laughs> big time because it was kind of like the beginning of like Twitter ish era, and, and right. like he was just always tweeting about his his wine hmm. uh, company, <laughs> uh, right? Whatever it was called, yeah. like Mo 
mojito or something i can't remember what it was called but uh yeah he he was he was kind of like a you know like a little bit of a, a renaissance man yeah. who could score four goals in nhl season uh right yeah but like, right. yeah, I think, yeah. And, and and i think he yeah he he kind of had it you know kind of like how he would try to explain to the anyone who would listen whether it be a tsn reporter or max talbot or whoever that, <laughs> that there was more to this islanders team than just being a doormat i think there was also he probably wanted to prove like you know there's more to this guy um right you, you know yeah. than than just being a you know a, a puncher uh right and and whether it's hoppy or or the wine mm. or, or or live his <laughs> life uh you know he he really he really colored the islanders up a bit which Mm. they needed so badly back then oh my god like so badly like it was (laughs) it was it was funny like you know like oh great like this is funny they got you know ryan brian ralston or or marty baron and Mm. you know all these guys in this in these kind of like three years um yeah and but none of them really you know they didn't really bring color to the team like i said they kind of just collected paychecks this was the uh this was right after the drafting of a certain first overall right. pick right who, you know was now the focus <laughs> point of the franchise if only the they had taken the other guy you know right <laughs> so you talk about guys who you know had uh, obviously had a lot of skills but weren't the most colorful uh right. characters in the room uh it starts with him let's put that <laughs> to, to, to steal a phrase from himself um but uh but yeah so and then the wine i'm looking up here a, a story when he was with buffalo and we'll get to his his other teams in a second he actually donated uh money from the wine to uh concussion stop concussions uh foundation which was started by keith primo so yeah um yeah that is pretty cool um so you know all right so let's let's get to the breakup here and uh again i'm looking at dom's uh uh report card and you know there was a lot of debate about whether or not he should be resigned i mean for me the answer was a no-brainer yes resign this guy uh he does more than just fight he's he's very good uh he can you know help you win face-offs and and again give your team some backbone which they were severely missing but was did not meant was not meant to be and he ended up signing with ottawa on july 5th 2011 um pete do you remember you know kind of what you thought of at the time and and what you thought when you saw that he had signed elsewhere <laughs> like we, i don't remember any like backstory as to, like i don't remember Darth snow ever like explained not that i would have remembered but yeah you know explaining why that didn't happen it just was like oh man really oh that's a bummer so uh, yeah i I don't remember anything specific i mean like i said i remember i remember really wanting the team to keep him and make him like a you know a focal point Mm. um i mean i'm sure i was disappointed but i don't remember anything specific uh Mm. you know i mean i'm trying to think like uh, i i'm trying to think of like times that i actually felt you know <laughs> you, you know you know like, like like memories of like somebody not staying i mean the only thing i, I you know, know only player i can remember was ryan smith uh yeah. right i remember that whole it's like hey ryan smith's here and there he goes yeah yeah um, but i got to see him play at the coliseum yeah. that was fun that's funny um and on also just fun fact um one lasting uh um you know uh thing that he left for the team is I think it was his idea um to uh give Josh Bailey the chains for the uh promo video. Really? Wow. No, I just made that up. <laughs> oh man. Oh you had me uh. going. <laughs> I was like, no, that's unbelievable. Oh, my well, God. I that can is see one that? of my favorite pieces of hockey media ever. That, yeah. 
They that that video and those chains need to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's the, oh awesome. my god, it's amazing! Like um, <laughs> Dan and I were talking before, like how currently I'm not on Twitter. Um, I do know that if um, if Kyle Dubis does get fired at some point, um, I will reactivate my Twitter account uh, just so I can post the Photoshop that I've made. And I posted several times when he was like, you know, in hot water, but he always, you know, managed to mm. not get fired, um, <laughs> which is a Photoshop of the news article from Parks and Rec with uh, uh, Ben Wyatt. Um, right. And Kyle Dubas, uh, you know, the one about like, uh, oh, is it Ice Town costs Ice uh, yeah. Crown, his town crown. Uh, right. <laughs> Kyle Dubas and... Um, because he was the boy that, bear. That's or... my other favorite piece of hockey media, but I'm biased. <laughs> <as> I, <made. laughs> uh, I can't wait to see that. I hope we all see it, obviously, very soon, <laughs> possibly before the end of this season. That would be great, but uh, we should check that out. Uh, but but you're going to have to do that before he gets named uh, Islanders GM, because that will totally happen once he gets jettisoned by the Leafs. I can, wait, I can wait, guarantee wait, Is that a thing that people are saying? That's the thing that Mike and I say. I don't know about other people, but oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the one we definitely believe it. The I two of it. us. So I need I mean, it. He's tight, man. They're tight. Must be yeah. Smart. So. yeah. And uh, <laughs> he has the ability to use multiple phones at once. So yes, yes. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, right. there are, there's more, more Getty pictures of him than most players on the Islanders. <laughs> Yeah, I remember with Winging in Motown, whenever we had a Ken Holland article, I, I think there was literally like three. There was like three, three Getty yeah. pictures that we had to rotate between. And like commenters yeah. were like, can you guys get like more pictures? And we're like, I don't yeah. know. Like, like we got to go with what we have, you know? There, um, there's only like, I think, four pictures of Lou Lamorello and three of them are from his first year. And so it's not just us. It's it's Newsday. It's the athletic. They keep using the same picture of this man over and over again. How is it possible this 80 year old man could duck cameras so, so quickly? I don't understand. I'd almost rather use a picture of him from Providence, like just something. Maybe, different. maybe he's doing the celebrity thing. Like mm. uh, I think Daniel Radcliffe did this when he was on Broadway, where he wore the same clothes every day. <laughs> So if they took a picture, like, you know, like, you know, there's the right. same, same pictures before. It's, no, 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 no. It's a different day. Nah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. He, I'm surprised he didn't wear his cloak of invisibility. But Exactly. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, it's it's still shocking to me. Oh, so he he played the season with Ottawa. Um, oh, oh. Duh, I, can't, I can't believe I forget left out the most important thing or one of the most important things that I did not know. But uh, so after 82 games. With the Islanders, two goals, seven assists, nine points. He had 307 penalty minutes, 307, <laughs> which led the NHL that season and is mm. still the second most penalty minutes in a single season for a New York Islander, which is really remarkable. So, I mean, this guy, yeah. not only did he make an impression on us, the fan base, but he made an impression on the record book. <laughs> I don't know. And I mean, obviously, these days are kind of over right now. It's, it seems yeah. very hard for me to believe that somebody's going to have more than 307 penalty minutes in any time soon. Um, but that that's really remarkable that he, he, I had no idea that he, he is, you know, this it's Brian Spencer from like the uh, um, expansion year, I think. And then Zenit Kanapka right behind him, which is, is pretty crazy. But uh, after Brian all that, Spencer, I, I would not have guessed that. Yeah. That's, that's some really old. That's some, that's your dad will remember Brian Spencer, yeah. but uh, you know, that was, um, you know, it's just crazy that he, he made that much of a mark again on just the franchise just as a whole, but then they didn't resign him. And I just remember being like, Oh man, that's a bummer. But he spent one season with Ottawa. Hmm. Um, 
Uh, he didn't have nearly as many uh, penalty minutes that year as uh, yeah, 193. He only played in 55 games. He actually led the league in penalty minutes for the Lightning the year before, actually, too, with just 265. But then he went crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, he played. He was uh, he signed with Minnesota, and then he eventually was traded to Buffalo. No, no, sorry, he was traded to Minnesota, and then uh, he was uh, no. What, what happened here? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, uh, hockey references led me astray. Well, anyway, he played for Minnesota and Buffalo after that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and that was and that was the end of it. He he retired at, uh, after the twenty thirteen fourteen season, or at least he wasn't in the NHL anymore. No, he did play in in Poland uh, for a couple of games, uh, and that was about it. Um, so it's just you know, I, I mean, I guess we talk about guys and whether or not they understand their Islanders legacies. I have a feeling Zenon Kanapka is very aware of what his Islanders legacy is. Uh, but I just, it just sucks that it was only one season. I just, I don't know. I, I really wish he kind of knew. Yeah. And every, and every bit of it, every bit of it was one season. Like, like even like the, the other kind of stuff that he instilled in, in the culture kind of, right. it was planted, but it didn't show up again that next season. And, and like the, like I said, the goal song, that was a one and done thing. And, right. uh, right. Hoppy him and him and PA parent yeah. had to figure out split custody of their, their, their bunny. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, it, uh, right. yeah, like it, it, it could have been so much more. Right. Um, he could have, you know, they could be still playing live as life after Islander goals when mm. they miraculously score one. Um, mm. they, and, uh, <laughs> you know, people would be thinking, man, that's, you know, that's our guys in Kanapka <laughs> who, who yeah. started this, which is, uh, fun. And, and, and I, I still would, you know, I think everybody wants the goal song change uh, for the Islanders, and oh I God, still, yes. still would say that if they just go back to to live as life, it it, w- <laughs> it would be wonderful. I mean, it can't, yeah. it's it's not in any way, shape, or form worse than the thing they've been using for way too long. It's crazy, yeah. but um, so yeah, that that does it for Zen and Kanapka. One of one of the, I think one of the more beloved one and duns in Islanders history. God knows they've had a million of them, but. I don't know how many other people people are like, oh yeah, man, that guy was awesome. That guy kicked ass. <laughs> you know, where, where was where did he go? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to now, now that you say that, I'm trying to think, and I can't. I can't. Yeah, really I mean, think I think most teams ones and duns, you know, don't don't have that kind of kind of staying power. But you know, no. with this guy, it's a little different. <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely a unique one, uh, one mm. and doneer because like mm. they either go, you know, they they usually go uh, in a couple different directions. Uh, mm the Brad Lukowicz traded at the deadline because, you know, it right. just wasn't working and, and whatever. And, and then you got guys like, uh, who, who, whether it be like, like a cliff Ronning type or, you right. know, guys who just were very obviously here for like one last kick at the can. Right. And the Islanders the had Brian Rolston type. Rolston, yes. Like, right. Exactly. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Um, and, but yeah, for Kanapka, it was like, you know, it's think about all the, like the untapped potential. Right. For this guy who scored two goals for them in eighty-two games, so like it's 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 it is a little bit of a a, a, a happy tragedy. Yeah, it's crazy, it is crazy. Um, well, Pete, I, I hope you've had a lot of fun. This again, this was uh, when I was so excited when when you picked Kanopka, and uh, <laughs> I really hope you you had a good time kind of revisiting what must have been kind of your last kind of hurrah, so to speak, as an Islanders fan. And uh, and uh, thanks for for coming down memory lane with us. Uh, did, did you have a good time? <laughs> we had a oh, lot yeah, of yeah, no, absolutely. And I think I think I figured it out. I think it must have been 
because this is 10 11 and right. i know lidstrom retired in 2012 um so yeah like i mean honestly this might have been my last season it was either this one or the next one because i remember the first season i kind of switched over was lidstrom's last season um because because again i'm the jinx um because mm. <laughs> i think it was either that year or the next year where um it was it was the red wings predators in the first round and they mm. lost um and I remember Shea Weber uh, took Zetterberg's head and like <laughs> slammed it into the dasher and like he got like, I remember two minutes that. or something. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, I'm um, now. Yeah. So like, like that, I, that year was my first like kind of full time Red Wings year. Mm. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and the 11, the 11, 12 Islanders were certainly nothing to write home about. That was, uh, <laughs> was Jack Capuano season. And uh, that was, uh, that was uh, when I started uh, posting under culture of losing, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. <laughs> but then the next year, they, they actually made the playoffs, which was kind of. Wow. Capuano was like, that was, it was 11-12. Wow. Yeah. Well, he, he, he started the season before, the 10-11 okay. season, because uh, Scott Gordon got fired halfway through. But uh, yeah. yeah, it didn't really help all that much. <laughs> yeah, he lasted but, uh, so long. Yeah. So, yeah, I <laughs> sorry i don't want to bring up even... any bad memories but yeah yeah no we don't need to get started <laughs> yeah no, no, I, mean, I remember from the outside looking in i was like st- yeah. really still yeah yeah he is it uh, the on the the list of games coached on in islanders history it's dal arbor and Jack capuano right at the top <laughs> no yeah. oh my god i did not and, and he that. was there longer than trots so Got- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We talked um, real quick. We talked a little bit on the episode you were on about how uh, I was at the Al-, Al Arbor game, and that was mm. definitely one of my favorite favorite memories. Um, yeah, was that game? It was unbelievable. Yeah, that yeah. was a that was a good game, and and yeah. that lineup is jack full of, uh, <laughs> of, of weird Islanders. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure. Islanders, yeah, sure. yeah. We might have to do a uh, a watch along because I have it on DVD. It's on like I do too. Yeah, I have it too. Yeah. I have it too. I got that the 10 greatest games DVD yep. over there. I just got to yeah. find a DVD player. Yeah, <laughs> it's like all the like cup games and the Alar yep. game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they really need to revisit that. They can probably add a couple more. <laughs> from yeah, 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 at least one of those Toronto games. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So, well, we hope this has uh inspired you to. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was gonna say watch the Islanders this season, but uh, please don't. Because it's the worst thing you could possibly imagine. It has That's been no right. fun whatsoever. So whatever you're doing, <laughs> keep doing it. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on again. You're one of the most thoughtful. I, I totally get why you uh, you've stepped away from Twitter, and I don't blame you. And I should do that myself. But I just you know you, you're one of the more thoughtful and and really you know empathetic and and smartest people I follow on Twitter. And I just well, I'm glad that you come on because you were one of the first people I kind of you know uh, uh, identified as like this is. This is somebody, and and your brother too, I should say. Before, he's oh yeah, in case he's listening to this, uh, but uh, you know, get get you on here and uh, get your opinion. And uh, again, I never thought you would have picked Zen and Kanopka. Uh Peter is also a musician. You can find all of his work at his SoundClouds at SoundCloud.com/slash Activate the Queen. I'm going to put uh, a link in there and uh, check it out. It's all really great stuff. You're you're a man of full of surprises, so I'm glad you uh, <laughs> yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, Michael Leboff, any final thoughts on Zen and Kanopka before we, uh, we uh, sign off? Uh, he's just someone that I think, um, you know, he, he, he's 
you should always, if you ever run into him, say thank you for, for, for what he did with the team. <laughs> I think uh, he really did do a lot of, um, a lot of good things for the, for the yes. Islanders in, in one year. Uh, memorable things and and the, the goal song certainly is one and uh the, teaching these guys that it's you know just because you you happen to be cursed with this islanders <laughs> jersey doesn't mean you have to <laughs> hear about it every time you step on the ice uh, you can fight back and um yep. and that that team needed that really badly because they were very bad for for a few years there and um mm. they finally had some some courage he he is almost you know kind of a Wizard of Oz character in in a way, like one of the you know teaching <laughs> teaching the team to have heart and right. courage, and so, uh, brains, yeah. and yeah, very very much, yeah. So um, it's a good yeah. point. That's Thank you, really Zen Kanapka, for yeah. for for all you did thirteen years ago in your one season on Long Island. The real, the real Zen and Kanapka was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big League Basket Two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Pete, thanks again for coming on. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you had a lot of fun. We always have a good time on the show. Oh, and yeah. uh, thank, oh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. I never say that on the show. Leave us a review. Tell everybody how cool this show is. And until we talk to you again, keep the Islanders weird. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.